wow, happy new year. Yay. Do you feel it? You feel that energy? It's like, it's a whole nother thing happening. It's just, here we are. First talk of the new year. Hooray. <laughs> Hooray. Let's do this thing. I think it's great. Okay. So, so <laughs> yay, it is, it is. Um, the theme for January is a grand rising. Isn't that lovely? Just, you can just feel it. There's energy around just that statement, grand rising. We are, we are lifting ourselves, you know, to a higher level of this spiritual philosophy and, and working it and using it and living by it. And today's talk is driven by faith, which is something that they had said about this theme, that it's all about being driven by faith. And Ernest Holmes said this, he said, something says to us, fear not, fear not. It is Father's good pleasure to give you the kingdom. Accept it. Some caution whispers out of the intelligence of that which is all knowing but not judging. Nothing can harm you but yourself. You are heaven and hell. The God you seek shall be found in the upper confines of your own exalted consciousness. The secret place of the Most High is at the heart of your own being. The tabernacle of God is within the person. All, everyone who thirsts may come and drink. So it is, it is within us to know. It is within us to know these principles and to practice them and to live by them. And, and, and you know, traditionally... Uh, January is the time where in religious science churches around the world, we go back to the beginning of the science of mind textbook. And we discuss those first four chapters in the introduction of the science of mind textbook, the thing itself, the way it works, what it does, and how to use it. And for years, that's what we do in January. We just do. We go over it. We go back to basics and we go over it. But, you know, with this month's theme being the grand rising, I thought, I thought maybe we would take a look at it, but at a different level, at a higher level, you know? Ernest, <laughs> Ernest Holmes said this. He said, I have this strange theory that everyone is here for a purpose of the evolution of their own soul and the unfoldment of their own consciousness, the enlightenment of their own mind, and the emancipation of our own spirit. Right, so that's what we are here for. We are here to live free, emancipated from all sense of discord or disease or dissolution or anything. And that's what this spiritual path is all about. It's a path of freedom. It's a path to live emancipated from any thoughts of lack or limitation we may hold. It's about getting rid of them. And for me, that is being driven by faith, right? So we know the first chapter of that introduction. We know the thing itself. It's God, right? It's God. And we always say, core concept one, we always say God is all there is. So we know that, right? To the core of our being, we know God. We know God is all there is. And then the second chapter, the way it works, well, we know that too, don't we? It works through us. There is no other way that spirit operates in the world but through its creations. We are that. We co-create using that same divine process, the same process that spirit uses, right, to create the universe. We create our own little corner of the world. 
using that same divine creative process. The same thing, thoughts become things. We do that ourselves. As a product of spirit, because that's all we are, right? That is what we are. We are spirit's own. We are the outpicturing of spirit. Spirit used itself to create everything. So we're just as much spirit as anything else. So we co-create using that same process. We also know what it does. That's the third chapter in that intro, right? What it does. What it does is it moves things from the invisible to the visible, right? That's what it does. It thoughts become things. It moves things from the invisible realm to the visible. It manifests forms. Mind is matter in solution, and matter is mind in form. That's all there is. There's just mind, and it moves like the tide. It moves into form and out of form, into form and out of form. That's all it is. It's the same stuff. And it responds to our most predominant thought, outpicturing as conditions in our lives. And they come and go as well, don't they? Conditions come and go. You create something and five minutes later, eh, it's gone. Something else took its place, right? It just, it comes and goes. And, and the fourth chapter, how to use it. Well, we know how to use it. We absolutely know how to use it. If you're sitting in this room, we have talked about the principles of science of mind. If you're new to the practice of science of mind, you're learning how to use it. Right, we have affirmations, we have affirmative prayer, we have visioning, visualization, we have intention boards, we have all kinds of tools in our spiritual tool belts in order to put these principles to work in our lives. And Ernest Holmes said this, he said, one of the great difficulties in this new order of thought is that we're likely to indulge in too much theory and too little practice. <laughs> and look at here we are sitting around talking about it, <laughs> right? But it's about going out and doing it, putting it to practice, putting it to good use, uh, practicing the principles, testing them, trying them out. Ernest Holmes said he would love to see us all just throw the books out the window, right? And, and use the principles, practice them, prove them to yourself, prove that they work, you know? And that's, and that's what's so great about this philosophy of ours is that it's a practical spirituality. We are a practical spirituality. We seek to prove these principles in our lives, that they work. It is incumbent upon us then to practice them. We can't just talk about them. Well, we could. I mean, we could. But then really hardly anything changes, right? We could sit around and just chat about them and then go back to like, woe is me. But when we put them to practice, when we put the principles to use, we wind up seeing change in our lives, and that's good. That's what's so great about this practice, right? And then the other thing is we don't have to prove it to anybody else, do we? Because you know what they'll say. They'll say, oh, but yeah, but that's just, you know, well, that's just your belief. Yeah, it is, right? Oh, that's just anecdotal evidence. It doesn't count. Yeah, it counts in my life. When I use the principles and it improves the quality of my life, yeah, that counts in my life. But, you know, we don't proselytize, right? We don't try to convince anybody that our spirituality is better than anybody else's and they need to be here and they need to try it because they need to improve their lives. We don't stand on the corner with a soapbox or a bullhorn. Would you love to see that someday? I just, <laughs> just as a joke, just be out there, you know. 
I, we don't do that. We don't do that, right? Announcing to the world that we have found the truth and everybody just needs to follow us. <laughs> Ernest Holmes said this. He said, the reformer today who yells and screams about other people's mistakes is the one who most completely needs a psychiatrist. <laughs> I love it. Therefore, we're looking for the liberation of the intellect without destroying the impulse of the creative emotion or the philosophic or logical destruction of what, deduction, I'm sorry, deduction of what must be true. We are looking for that emancipation, that liberation, that this truth, that practicing these, these, this philosophy will bring to us. And we're not trying to convince anybody else. You know, when Ernest Holmes opened up his first office, he said, I'm not even going to get out of this chair and walk across the floor to promote this. People will come because of who I am, because of the energy that I resonate in. He said, I'm not going to do anything to get clients. Clients will come to me to transform their lives because they will feel that possibility just emanating from me. And we know this to be true, don't we? We know that a get mentality is not a receptive mentality, right? Every time we're trying to get things and grasp at things, it is not a receptive mentality. We need to practice these principles, use these principles in our lives, prove them to ourselves, and then we become that in the world, and it's just so attractive. It's so magnetically attractive to other people because our lives are working. We're using the principles in our lives. We're changing the conditions around us. And that is just so damn attractive. I'm sorry. <laughs> That's so attractive, right? That people naturally come to you and say, what are you doing? <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you so happy? What's going on for you? Right? I'm living my life. I'm demonstrating the principles. I'm attracting good into my world. It is our feelings that manifest the conditions of our lives. It is our faith that moves the law to manifest. It is our feelings that we know truth that makes manifestations. It's our reliance on the thing itself and how it works, and what it does, and how we use it. That makes the manifestations in our lives. In the spiritual universe in you, Ernest Holmes said, we want to recognize God within us without limiting God that is within everything. Right? I'm spirit. You're spirit too. Hey, that's great. We all are. He goes on to say this. God is everywhere and everyone, and we must have a direct line of communication between the individual and the universal. Nothing, not even our prejudices, must stand between that which is the leading light of all our days and the direct revelation of this ineffable, ineffable mind and spirit, so that at last we can throw all the books of spiritual instruction away and say, I have met God face to face. That is how close and how intimate our spiritual practice can be, must be. 
And that faith is the degree to which you believe you are guided and directed and guided and, and, and surrounded by this infinite intelligence. That there is nothing else. That is the extent of our faith. Faith is the energy that moves us from ego to unification, doesn't it? It moves us from, I'm here, I'm alone, I'm all by myself, I got to make things happen, to, I don't make anything happen. I direct a law, I direct a power and presence greater than I am. It does the work, not me. I'm along for the ride, <laughs> and I love the ride. But it's about moving ourselves from ego. It's a me, 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 it's all about me. Me, 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 it's all about me. And it's really not, you know. We are guided and directed by this power and presence. And faith is the energy that moves us from, I got to do it all by myself, moves us from that ego standpoint of, I'm here all alone on the, you know, in the universe, and I got to make things happen, to unification. God and I are one. There is no separation. And if spirit can make the universe, darn it, it can make me a job, or a new car, or a house, or a trip, or whatever it is that is your desire right? If the power and presence that you are unified with has created everything in the universe and continues to create, I think you can get you a new pair of shoes. What do you think, right? Faith is not a thought or a perception or a feeling. It is a way of life. It is just a way of life. It is a way of living through the lens of the divine. This is who we are, right? It's not me and God, like we're walking, you know, holding hands through life. It's God as me flowing through life, flowing through life. God as me choosing. God as me living. God as me walking. Ernest Holmes, in The Contagion of Fear and Anxiety, see, he did address this. He said, all we have to know is this. It is much better to trade in, to swap, all of those old mental attitudes for something less fearful, <laughs> something without anxiety. Because if anxiety and fear, which are negative emotions, are contagious, we have to be certain that faith and confidence are even more contagious because they carry along with them the weight of the balance of the universe itself. Love is more contagious than hate. You see, hate just merely turns people away from us. Faith draws them to us. Fear pushes them away. We know this. I mean, and Anne, where'd you go, Anne? <laughs> so, so clearly in her prayer today stated that God is love. God is love, and that's all there is to it, right? It was beautiful. And that's what we're saying. God is that attractive impulse. Uh, it, it, the love that God is right? Love, Ernest Holmes said, love points the way, law makes the way possible, right? So everything that is motivated by love is, is God. It's, it's God-ordained. It's wonderful. The difference between faith and fear is focus, right? It's, what are you focusing on? Faith and fear, same thing. Faith, I'm convinced everything works out for my highest and best good. Fear, oh shit. Oh, you know, this is all going to hell right now. I just, there's nothing I'm going to do about it. Okay, it's focus. It's our focus. What are we focused on? It's the same energy. 
I'm convinced everything's going to go right. I'm convinced everything's going to go wrong. It is our focus. And I was looking at the word focus, and I thought, hmm, let's make a little, a little play on it, right? Focus. So the F is like face the situation. We're not here putting our heads in the sand. We're not going to ostrich our way through life, right? You know, like they always said about the, you know, the, the religious science person in hell going, la, 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 I'm not here. It's not hot. I'm not here. It's not hot. It's not about denying the facts. We face the situation. So the F in focus is face. And the O is observe. Observe. See the order in it. Overturn it, right? One's a false belief. One is the truth. So our, uh, the O is observe it and then overturn the order. C is the correction. We correct the false thinking. We correct the fear thought. And we convert that energy from fear to faith. And you unify. Unify with the truth. Understand, there's another U word, understand that we are living in a universe of wholeness of spirit. It's all good. It's all good. It's all God. God is, God is the, the truth to which there is no opposite. You know, we have been so hypnotized into believing the duality of life. God and the devil duking it out for the soul of mankind, right? And in this corner we have, there is nothing opposed to God's good. Nothing except our belief that there might be. That's all there is. And when we reconcile that, we are united with all good. There is all good. Spirit is all good. God is all good. There is no opposite to that, except in our own mind. And then the, the S is surrender. Surrender to the truth of our own highest and best good. Surrender and succeed, right? Succeed with the truth of your life, with the, the desires of your life, knowing that there is nothing stopping you from manifesting your good except you. We are the only ones that get in our own way. Trust spirit, employ your faith, maintain your focus, maintain your focus. When we see with faith, we're not denying conditions, right? We're not putting our heads in the sand. We're not ostriching it. We're not saying I'm not here and it's not hot. We are looking at the condition, and then we are looking beyond the condition to the truth. We know the condition is not truth. It's a temporary happening. It's, it's, it could be the, the report card on your previous thinking, right? A lot of times the conditions, it's like, but wait a minute. I've been going to this church six months now. Why isn't my life perfect? What the heck is going on, right? Because it's still the report card of your previous thinking. And so you've got to clear that out, right? We look at the conditions. We go, okay, well, that's not the truth of me. It's a condition. It can change. Thoughts are just thoughts, and we can change them. It's those thoughts that wind up out picturing as conditions. So the conditions change as well. We look at the conditions. We know that is not truth. We look beyond the condition. We look at the truth, which is beyond the condition, and we call it forward. We call forth through our faith the goodness of spirit right there in whatever we're going through. In whatever we are going through, we call forth the truth. And it absolutely shows up in our lives 
and we look up. Thank you, Emma Curtis Hopkins, <laughs> right? I just love her her uh, idea. What you know in in um, Christian mental practice and in mis- high mysticism, she said, "Look up, look up all the time." When we look down through life, we're like going through life like this. When we're looking down, we're looking at despair. We're just looking at despair. When we look out, and we're looking at the horizon, we're looking at the world of conditions. We're just, we're just looking at the world of conditions, the manifest universe, same old, same old. But when we look up, that's when we are looking at the goodness of God. That's when we are viewing spiritual truth. And it's just a practice we have, right? It's another tool in our spiritual tool belt. Look up. Just look up. Just cast your gaze upward. I love those pictures, all those saints. You know, you ever see the saints and sages? They're always, they're always doing this. I'm like, they had it. They knew it. Why aren't we doing it? <laughs> Look up and make it a practice. Ernest Holmes said this in, I don't even know what it was in. I don't have it down here. That's a shame. Anyway, I'll look it up and tell you. There is nothing in the universe that created an error or a viciousness, an obsession or a karma. How hard it is, almost seemingly impossible for the human mind to conceive of freedom and love and joy and happiness without dragging the corpses of antiquated theologies across the pathway of our new vision. And don't we do that? Isn't that what we do? Right? Ernest Holmes had these lovely expressions about, you know, we try new thought, but yet we, what does he say? He said, we, we carry the corpse of our previous decisions on our back through life. And I thought, what a lovely picture that makes, you know? Ugh. Anyway, that, that is our practice then. That is our practice to lay down those old thoughts. Lay them down, get rid of them. You know how hard it is to carry something? You know how heavy things get? Even a glass of water. I love those old things. We used to do them like in foundations class and classes like that where they tell you, know, take a glass of water, hold it out like this. Yeah, continue to hold it. Yeah, continue to hold it. Yeah, continue to hold, you know. After about five or ten minutes, it starts getting real heavy, doesn't it? After a half hour, you're like, oh, my God, I got to do something about this. That's what we're like when we're carrying our old thoughts around with us. Oh, it is so much freeing to let it go. Drop the rock, right? Drop the past experiences of, of lack and limitation. Drop the old uh, uh, theological beliefs of us and them, of good and evil, you know, fighting for the death of, of, of fighting for the soul of humanity. Hmm. This is our practice. This is our practice. Lay down what doesn't work anymore. Lay it down, get rid of it in the face of anything or everything that looks like lack or limitation or less than, look beyond it. What's beyond it? What is beyond that, that condition right now in, in your life? What is beyond it? It's freedom. It's joy. It's love. It's always there, even though we're so obsessed with looking at the condition. Beyond the condition is the truth. Concentrate on that. See that. That's where we're faith-filled. That's where we know spirit ha- always has a better idea than the one we're trying. <laughs> you know? You ever like, I want this, I want that, I want this little, you know, uh, we talk about pies. I don't know why. Would you ever like pie graphs, you know? But I just want this, you know, I just want this one. And, and it's like, no, but 
But spirit is telling us we have the whole pie. Spirit's telling us it has the whole bakery. It has limitless pies. You don't run out of pie, you know? There is limitless. You pick again, choose again. If this doesn't work out, you get to choose again. Limitless pies. And then, and then, Ernest Holmes said this on this thing called life, his, his Sunday radio talk. He said, gradually, you will find the whole mass of your thought changing its pattern because it is learning to listen to that which is greater than itself. And don't let anyone tell you that that which it listens to is not real. It is the one solid and substantial fact of your life. It is the only thing about you that is indestructible and eternal. It is the real you. It is God in you, and God in you is already whole, perfect, and complete. Right? And, you know, and that's why we don't proselytize going back to that. It's like, if you don't understand it, you don't understand it. Right? That's why they always said in the Bible, for those who have eyes to see and ears to hear, right? And if you don't, you don't. And if you do, you do. And we do. That's why we're here. That's why we're here discussing this stuff. We already are that. We are the thing itself. We know the way it works. We understand what it does. And we can use it. Driven by faith. Living our principles. We transform our lives. And then the people around us want to know what we're doing. Just tell them, oh, this is a new exercise. <laughs> Happy New Year, dear friends. Go out and live the principles. Thank you. Thank you for listening. At Vision, a center for spiritual living, we transform lives through practical spirituality. Please donate to Vision by visiting our website, visioncsl.org, or text to 619-505-3359.